0: The following presentation is brought to you through the power of science.
1: Ooh, shiny
0: Welcome to Generations Geek, a more or less family-friendly celebration of all that is geeky. I'm science fiction writer Scott Pearson, and along with my daughter, Hello, we are two generations of geek.
1: This is episode 39, Dead Men Walking. Season 7 of The Walking Dead got started just in time for Halloween, but did we get a treat, a trick, or a trauma? Let's discuss.
0: But first, a program note for those of you listening in order. We are sneaking in this Walking Dead episode before our previously announced guest appearance from David Mack. Fear not, the Mighty Mack will be here next episode.
1: Now, on with the show.
0: As you may have already guessed, this is one of our For Grups Only episodes, when we leave behind our more or less family-friendly atmosphere and talk about stuff not for the youngest geeks in the house. This episode in the Grups Only spotlight, The Walking Dead Season 7 premiere, or uh, what what was your alternate name for it?
1: Oh, hold on. (laughs) I took a screenshot of it because I was so proud of my references. The Day Will Come When We Won't Be Salty, But It Is Not This Day. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't understand, the title of the premiere was The Day Will Come When You Won't Be. And It Is Not This Day is a Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> Just so you all understand that it's, that I'm hilarious. That's all. <laughs>
0: Okay, it's, uh, obviously it was a, a very divisive episode. It's, it's, uh, there's been a very strong reaction from the fan base. Uh, what were the first words that would come to your mind?
1: I am filled with emotions. And they're not good. <laughs> it's not a fun time. All is not well in Waffleville. Um, I'm traumatized. So, <laughs> I can't even put a sentence together. <laughs> yeah.
0: So let me ask this then. Have you decided whether or not you liked the episode?
1: Oh, I didn't like it.
0: Okay. I'm...
1: And it what, here? the thing about it is it's not even the deaths they chose to have happen that's why I'm not happy with it. I'm not mm-hmm. happy with the way that it played out mm-hmm. and the way that those deaths happened. Mm-hmm. And just... The ge- Like, it was a confusing episode. I was confused.
0: I'm really on the fence about whether I liked the episode or not. And it's the kind of thing where even if you like the episode, you're using it in a special way because it was obviously a very gruesome, brutal, heart-wrenching episode. So even if you enjoyed it in the grander sense of watching this series...
1: Well, let's take an example. Um... The episode that Beth died. Mm-hmm. Okay, spoiler alert. The episode that Beth dies. Another completely unexpected death. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have the foreshadowing that we had in the finale for this episode. Completely sudden and completely by accident. Not even on purpose. Did I still think that was a good episode with fantastic writing even though I was sobbing? Yes. Yes. Now, do I think that the season 7 premiere holds itself up to the standard of good writing that they've shown us is their average? The average episode of The Walking Dead has, I think, a higher quality of writing than a lot of other TV shows, than most TV shows on television right now. This episode wasn't that. I thought it was messy and I thought it was confusing and... I don't know how else to describe it. The timing, to me, was off.
0: A couple of things. The night I watched it, I was mostly numb and overwhelmed.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, because you would be, knowing what you're going into there.
0: And and felt like, what did I just see? Did I like it? Did I not like it? in, In fact, I think I texted you that night and said, did I like it? Did I hate it? Will I need uh, PTSD therapy? I don't know.
1: Oh, I do. I do.
0: (laughs) I said that I didn't know. I was very on the fence. But what was a very telling thing for me is I go to bed, and when I woke up Monday morning, one of the first things that pops into my head is the gruesome image that we were left with of Glenn. Yeah. With his skull bashed in and his eye falling out.
1: That, I think they took it too far.
0: And I realized at that point that the only thing I had carried away from the episode was the physical revulsion at the graphic wound. And to this day, we're recording this now on, what day is it? Wednesday, so it's been a few days.
1: We've processed fully. I... Maybe.
0: I haven't shed... A single tear for either of those characters because it was there was so much that the overwhelming graphic nature and disturbing nature of their deaths didn't al- give you any time or any ability to feel sadness. Oh, definitely.
1: I expected to be crying.
0: And so as a viewer, that leaves you feeling a little cheated, I yeah, think. Yeah, Now, there are some arguments to be made against that. You can say, well, in real life, there are times that horrible things happen and you don't get a grieving period. So, you know, but, but, but here's... For me, it comes back to... I often start analyzing things from a storytelling point of view. Yeah. And so here's what I eventually sort of th- thought to myself. Now, the character of Negan. Yes. His motivation makes sense in his world. His motivation to behave the way he does is to break the spirit of his enemies. And so he does that in a brutal and sadistic way that's no more brutal and sadistic than real-life dictators have done. Any day Absolutely. on Earth. Yep. So he has a, a motivation to behave that way, and it's a realistic thing. Now, but to get a little meta, to step back outside of the universe, you say to yourself, what role does this episode play in the storytelling of the series? Well, the primary thing that this episode needs to convey to the audience is that their heroes have been broken. You need to convince the audience that the heroes have been broken. Now, then the subjective question becomes, how do you do that? Now, what they chose to do in this episode is to immerse the audience in the same world, the same hurt, the same things that the characters were seeing. And I did not need to see all that to be convinced that the characters were broken. How much do you need to show the audience? You need to rely on the actors and their portrayals of those characters to see that they've been broken. You don't necessarily need to see what breaks them in the same level of detail that they would have seen. So there is a balancing act that you, as a producer... How much do we show the audience? I did not need to see that much. The only story that was being told in this episode was the story of how Negan breaks them. I would have been been convinced by a more subtle uh, portrayal of what happened and then just watching the characters themselves react and be broken if they had taken that approach. I might have shed a tear instead of just being numbed by the horrible mutilation.
1: Yes. I expected to be crying during this episode. The Walking Dead is one of few shows that will just get me and I will cry. And instead what happened was I couldn't eat my food I couldn't drink mm-hmm. my soda. I felt sick. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I wanted to finish the episode. I didn't know if I wanted to finish the season. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't so much the visual of Glenn's killing or Abraham's killing. It was especially he hits Glenn the first time, right? And it just takes that one hit to, you know, dent his skull and in his eye but they linger on him and he's still kind of there mm-hmm. you know like he's beyond help but glenn is still in there struggling to speak and making these like horrific noise it was the noises that got to me and how they lingered on him because he's just you know nothing's wrong with n- nothing's nothing's wrong with him other than his head but nothing <laughs> was wrong with him other than his head this isn't like a he didn't get hit in the head and get a stomach wound. He didn't have a bite. He wasn't sick. It was just his head wound. And so he was still, like, kneeling perfectly upright. And the noises he was making and the way he was trying to speak. And when he finally said, Maggie, I'll find you. And the woman who plays Maggie Lauren Cohen mm-hmm. is, um, she said that, He said that because they're star-crossed lovers and that they're going to continue to find each other no matter where they are. Mm -hmm. I think flat out she's wrong, okay? (laughs) He said that because he wasn't there enough to be able to say, Maggie, I love you. He was three quarters of the way dead, but still conscious enough to know that he wanted to say something to his wife and the mother of his child. And it was disgusting.
0: It was very disturbing, and I agree. I hadn't heard that comment um, about her interpretation of the line, and I can understand, you know, that's a perfectly valid way to interpret it, but that's not the way it came across to me when I was watching the episode. No. It came across to me, like what you said, is that he is at that point so brain damaged that it's just you know, who knows what he's thinking, what he's perceiving at that point. His his col- his skull yeah. is already caved in. Yeah.
1: His skull's caved in, his eyes popping out. He's not, what is he even seeing? What is he, the only thought he, like, honestly, he probably didn't even have words in his head at that point. He was just thinking yeah. about Maggie.
0: Although to try to think of it that way does soften the overall thing a little bit. But
1: and here's the other thing, is Abraham is killed first. And he hits Abraham, and Abraham swears at him, and it's unconvincing. And Abraham, at the same time, like, has this peace sign towards Sasha. like
0: Which I totally missed. I didn't see that until people started like he's posting trying about to be, it.
1: Like, he's trying to be like, it's going to be okay. And then, after he kills him, like, cuts to this shot, and it's just... You know, it's it's ba- basically he's headless. There's just red, yeah. and I didn't feel anything. Looking at that body, I should have felt something, and I didn't. And then here's the other thing. Yeah,
0: I've, I, yeah, didn't feel anything for Abraham, and I and I love that character.
1: I love, I'm, I'm, yeah, I adore Abraham, but here's here's the thing. A season ago, when they like they fake killed Glenn. And it made it seem like for that one episode that he was dead, that was a more meaningful death than this. And he (laughs) wasn't even with Maggie.
0: A couple things. First off, I read online that uh, the actor, uh, his name escapes me.
1: Steven Yeun. That
0: plays, no, that plays Abraham. Oh. The little sign that Mm -hmm. he gives, uh, what's her name? Sasha. Sasha. That was an ad lib on his part.
1: Okay, well, good on him to at least do something. Cool, because then
0: I saw online and they showed a picture of when he had done that to showing her that sign before at oh, some other done episode. he
1: had done it before? Yes. Oh, okay. So
0: he was doing a great little reference where... The, oh, like, that's good. Like I didn't
1: even realize that he was making a reference. I was just like, yeah. Abraham's peace no, signing. That sure. Okay, that's good.
0: That was a incredibly touching and obviously sad, because then he's about to die, but that was like this little thing where he was trying to send a little message to her.
1: Like it's going to be okay. Everything's okay. Well, yeah.
0: I don't know if he's trying to say it's okay but he's just trying to like he's have a connection. To, yeah, he's he's trying, trying to have to say a thing. Goodbye. Maybe it's just a goodbye. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he ad-libbed that. But here's the thing. I found the earlier fake death of Glenn disappointing because it, it, it was a, it seemed like a very cheap audience manipulation thing to so strongly imply that he was dead and And then to have the way that he survived be kind of, you know, I mean, like I wasn't
1: salty about that at all. It it, was
0: no, I well. I thought it was a weak moment compared to a lot of the writing. I mean when they when Walking they Dead. cut
1: without showing him actually die, I was like, Okay, maybe Glenn, maybe he gets out from under the guy's body and then it's a distraction and whatever. Which is yeah. which is fine, I was fine with it. But I felt more in that scene than I did during probably the entirety of this yeah. episode other than being stressed.
0: But one of the reasons it disturbs me now in retrospect is they toy with us, kind of shameless toying with the audience with making us think Glenn is dead and then no, we know he's not. And then just a short time later, then they really kill him. It almost makes me think like the first one was just a, like a whole setup that like they were thinking, well, let's fake kill him now. And then when he comes back, no one will ever expect that we would then kill him just, you know, a season later or however long it's been. And so then it, and i don't know if that's fair or or what really happened but then it made me feel even more manipulated like and and i think that the strength in this show has been in very true seeming yep. moments true
1: not yeah, true storytelling
0: in in easy manipulative things and in season seven premiere it seems like it was mostly just manipulation and and uh, shocking gore and there wasn't the level of storytelling going on there that that i expect and although i could i i can understand i imagine them sitting in the writers room kicking stuff around and they're You know, this is a huge fall for our gang. Our gang has been through so much. They've proven themselves to be very strong. Part of this uh, fall is their own hubris, their own overconfidence Mm -hmm. that they just got to the point where they were just like, you know, we're the, you know, we're the big guys. We can do whatever. And they rather foolishly go chasing after Negan's guys without any real concept of how vast his empire might be. They don't do any recon. They don't do anything. They just assume this is going to be a pushover because we are the pros.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so I can understand from a dramatic point of view in the writer's room thinking this is such a huge deal. They're going to fall. They're going to fall big and we are going to show it. We are going to show how far they've fallen there's been a lot of backlash online, where a, po- a lot of people are, you know, and friends of mine are sw- saying, "That's it, I'm done." Yeah, that was too much.
1: That that thought went through my head. I was like, I "Am I going that. to stop being a fan of this show this season?" And it was breaking my heart.
0: I hope not. But I'm I'm going to give them a chance. I'm oh no, be I back. definitely
1: think I I they have a, they have the ability to make me forgive them <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, because now part of me hopes that okay, we're just past this now okay they 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 felt that they needed to go really strong to show us how negan broke the spirit now that that's established maybe they'll just get back to some really hardcore character driven stuff to show the struggles that that rick and the gang have to go through to uh get back something because of of course eventually expect that and parenthetical here, I don't read the comics, so I know that a lot of people out there actually know what happens or what happens in the comics, but I don't know any, anything about it. I'm just assuming that eventually, like with the governor, you know, it's going to get to a point and and uh, Negan's day will come. But here's where I have some fear after this episode. They have raised, or perhaps we should say lowered, <laughs> the bar. They've shown us how far they might be willing to go to show you something. And I'm concerned that that's a precedent because sometimes in in dramatic storytelling, once you've done something big, then there's a a temptation to say, well, now we have to top it. And I hope they don't get into that game with this because can you imagine if they did something more gruesome than this was? Well, here's the thing
1: is that if Negan keeps... Their interactions come to, like, a climax. Like, the plot point that, like, the the main, like, whatever of season seven. What's going to happen? And then, <laughs> if Rick kills Negan, how is Rick going to kill Negan? Exactly. What is Rick going to do? Exactly.
0: Cause Rick
1: Rick is... Like, he's he's barely holding it together at any given point in time. It will take one thing to just... And he's, like, an insane person. He goes from, like, Farmer Rick to, like, I am a serial killer in, like, 0.5 seconds.
0: Exactly. And that's that's the other angle of my concern, that if he is looking for revenge for something that was so horrible... (laughs) How far is he going to go? How insane is Rick going to go? And do I want to see that? And, and and how does he come back from that? It's all very disturbing. You know, and I, was, I couldn't help but think of Herschel's death.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Because, you know, Herschel was decapitated. That's very gruesome. But they played that subtly. They stayed away yeah. from it. Yeah. You knew what happened. Well, you... and
1: you see it, but it's fast you see it even it's though it fast. takes i remember it because it takes twice yeah he hits him once and he hits him again and then it's and then he falls over headless and you see it and it's He's, terrible but it's nothing but, like this episode
0: yeah the camera's back a little ways and and you know i shed many a tear for herschel but then when they filmed this scene they were just right up in glenn's face for a long 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 time and there was no restraint shown whatsoever. And did you watch The Talking Dead afterward?
1: I, here's the thing. Is the night of the episode, I was not sure if I liked what was happening. I wasn't sure if I was just so disconcerted about Glenn's death that I couldn't figure out the way I felt about the episode. But I love The Walking Dead. We've I don't think we've talked about... I don't know if we've talked about Chris Hardwick before on the show. I love Chris Hardwick. The Talking Dead was a dream came true for me. I took a selfie with him one time, and honestly, I've peaked. (laughs) But I got in, so a 90-minute episode of The Walking Dead, live from L.A. in a park.
0: I'll have to repost the selfie on the Generations Geek Facebook page. Please do. You
1: can see me just losing my mind with happiness. Check out the
0: Facebook page. You'll see the picture.
1: So a 90 minute episode of the Talking Dead live from LA with the entire cast and the executive producers, dream come true. I'm in heaven. No. I watched maybe 15 minutes and like, was like, I'm going to bed. And Rachel was like, my neighbor who I watched it with was like, you're seriously not coming back? And I was like, dude, I need to take like a shower. (laughs) Like, you know when like, you can just tell that you're so full of sin (laughs) that... (laughs) You need to just take a shower in boiling water.
0: I really wanted to watch The Talking Get Dead. I thought, it was like, maybe that could have helped me. But, unfortunately... That's
1: the thing, I was like, Chris Hardwick is gonna, he's gonna help me through this. He's my therapist. He and Yvette Nicole Brown, but I couldn't.
0: But, unfortunately, they don't rebroadcast The Talking Dead after...
1: Oh, yeah, because you had to catch it late.
0: Yeah, I missed it when it was broadcast live, and so then I was watching the immediate rerun, but they don't do an immediate rerun of Talking Dead, and so I need to uh, watch that on demand, and I haven't gotten to it yet. But then they did the weird thing where it was like... Filmed outside next to a cemetery or something yeah it was which... like
1: it's some famous cemetery in l a yeah which
0: seems kind of
1: I don't think it was like a like a kind of like a real cemetery because I saw i think it was more like like an l a thing where like there's Because like, I saw Chris took like a picture with like a sta- like a statue of toto and it was like memorial of toto, so I don't think it was like an actual like
0: i think it was a real cemetery but I don't know. I, I that seemed a questionable Anyways, a questionable yeah. taste but uh,
1: right. um but then
0: apparently it started raining during the uh Yeah,
1: Chris, of the Chris No, he here's the thing he, he just, kept saying He
0: was just sitting in the rain.
1: He gave all the actors umbrellas.
0: Cuz I saw yeah, I saw it um I saw the end of it but without the sound down when I was getting set up he to watch kept the rerun. saying as
1: soon as it's like
0: but he was like Apparently as out. soon
1: as, yeah, as soon as the like really emotional stuff started, that's when it started raining and then it ended right after the filming of The Talking Dead ended. So, so then... he was saying that it was super creepy because it wasn't supposed to rain and it never rains in LA. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was funny because they were all, it looks like it was barely, I mean like it was raining, but it was like barely raining, you know, compared to like a Minnesota storm, like a Lake Superior storm. And then Lauren Cohen is like, um, do we have umbrellas? And I'm like, it's sprinkling. Can you chill? Californians. Anyways. Um, I want to talk about. You just called
0: the Brit a Californian, you know.
1: Well, she's in LA. She lives in. She's an actor. She lives in LA. She can. Well, if. She... That's even less of a. How if you're British and you can't even stand a sprinkle? Lauren, please! Let's talk about the characters. Here's what I here. Okay, here's what I want to talk about. Daryl lashes out at Negan, mm-hmm. which I saw a tweet that said Daryl needs to take lessons on how to be an adult from Carl, <laughs> which is brutal. And I'm, <laughs> oh my god. But Daryl lashes out at Negan. Because he's being nasty to Rosalita, right? So he's like, I'm not going to kill... Like, in Negan's insane head, he's like, I'm not going to kill Daryl. Because that's not good, like, a good enough punishment for him, right? So he's like, I'm going to kill somebody else. So they all learn never to cross me because I'm insane. Wouldn't it make more sense, even for insane Negan, to kill Rosalita... Because that's who Daryl was protecting when he lashed out and punched him? Wouldn't it make more sense to kill the person that Daryl was protecting than to just kill the dude sitting next to her? Yeah, I don't know. And here's the other thing. Wouldn't it have made so much more... Because in the comics, he kills Glenn and Maggie. Wouldn't it make so much more sense if they switched out Glenn and Maggie for Abraham and Rosalita, even though they were broken up at that point?
0: I think you could make that argument. I just Uh, think about
1: how peaceful and accepting I would have felt if Abraham and Rosalita had died instead of (laughs) the travesty that happened. Well, but
0: I I don't think it was necessarily who died. It was the way it was portrayed. Yeah. Uh, You know, it it was going to be disturbing no matter what. Um, I'm... I'm still I I am upset that I have had no real feelings of sadness for the loss of these characters because Yeah, I it, it was overwhelmed by the disturbing nature of the entire scene and it just went on and on and on and on and uh and then even, you know, then the the little trip that Negan takes Rick on to attempt to do some, you know, one-on-one spirit breaking which doesn't work, but even that scene you okay, know, got kind of milk. I have some
1: things to say about their road trip. That is the part of the episode that had such confusing writing for me. The way they cut between Rick's flashbacks and him on the RV, and there, I remember there was one scene where I literally had to like ask my friend what was happening like they cut back to Rick and the RV and it's it's bright outside it's it's bright and i'm like how is it light that it was the middle of the night and she's like i think he drove until it was light outside but it's like he did not drive like 7 hours so it it must well, have been like hmm. already almost daybreak
0: yeah well he said there was a there was a line of dialogue when they were still at the uh, the 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 deadly clearing there where he said something about uh dawn is coming or something.
1: I didn't catch that.
0: And so so that didn't bother me.
1: I was just confused. Um
0: but then Negan keeps saying imagine what more can happen. You know, you know, think think about what more can happen. And so then that was causing Rick to have these flashes in his head where he was imagining the rest of the people getting killed. Uh, But it was a little stilted in the way it cut together because they'd already been jumping around in time. And I don't know if this was purposeful or not, because they'd been already jumping around in time, it was confusing enough that you found yourself saying, well, okay, so is that supposed to be... Rick imagining what else could happen or is he flashing yeah, back was to super additional weird. stuff because they since they did do so much of it out of chronological order and you know but then that comes back to well that is kind of a cheap manipulative ploy to make the audience half think that practically everyone else was killed <laughs> and yeah, it, it seemed more about shock value and tricking the audience than really building up from a strong character base.
1: Honestly, part of me is just grateful Eugene didn't die. He's he's my son.
0: <laughs> now, you've read the comics.
1: Some of them. Some I, of them. I, but
0: so beforehand, over the summer... Since the season six finale, did you have any suspicions about who was going to die?
1: Well, the thing is, is I basically just read spoilers for the comics because I watch a television show. And they're, I mean, they're pretty similar, but like basically I'll read spoilers like that. Where I'll be like, who, who does he kill in the comics? Glenn and Maggie. Like I do that.
0: Mm. I don't do that. So it's all new to me. Sorry. Oh, no, that's, that's okay. In the
1: for, for the purposes
0: of the, of this discussion.
1: <laughs> yeah. The one thing, because I didn't, compared to how many Walking Dead comics there are, I didn't get that far. Right?
0: Yeah. It's a big there's, investment. there's
1: a ridiculous amount.
0: Both economically Although, and, and for the time. And
1: this segues perfectly into the part of the episode that I did enjoy in a creepy way. Because, of course, in the comics, it's Rick that loses his hand, not mm-hmm. Merle. And I had been convinced since... I don't remember if it was after the finale or when we first got... got, Or when we got the first... I think it was during the finale, actually. When we see Negan drag Rick towards the RV with the axe in his hand. Mm -hmm. 100%. I was like, he's going to cut off Rick's hand. I've been solid. Even during the episode, I'm like, it's going to happen. It's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. So... The scene where he almost makes Rick cut Carl's hand off. That was the only scene in the episode that played out for me the way I think they wanted it to. Mm -hmm. Number one, because still switching it up from the comics. Okay. Mm -hmm. Carl, as opposed to Rick. And Rick has... Okay. Mm -hmm. Andrew Lincoln's performance. Just the sheer, like, animal panic. And the, the anxiety... That And he, like, he doesn't even, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Because he, he, on some level, he knows that he has to, because otherwise they'll all die. It's a smart decision. But at the same time, he's like, he loves Carl so much. And they've been through so much together. They've lost Lori And now he thinks he's going to have to cut his hand. That's brutal.
0: And also, sort of as a counterpoint to... The death of Glenn and Abraham, that scene, the Carl Hand scene, was so disturbing and scary and suspenseful, and there isn't any blood involved.
1: Yeah. There's yeah. There, there doesn't
0: have to be any, uh-huh. you know, because it's the situation.
1: It's the that's, thought of it that makes it, it so terrifying.
0: Yeah. And that's where I think the thought of Negan killing Glenn. Brutally is enough without being as graphic in the uh, makeup effects. Although, you know, I saw some people online that were even taken aback by how long the hand sequence went. That, 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 having it, was, to,
1: it was a little long. That
0: having to watch uh, Rick.
1: Yeah, because Andrew Lincoln was very For, convincing. You know, that part was a little bit long. I definitely agree that it was a little bit much to see Andrew Lincoln so solidly freaking you know, out.
0: It was a yeah. It was such a, just an unrelenting and brutal episode from start to finish, and yeah. so you know the 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 wait the, wait. wait. The...
1: But then but then when Negan when Negan is like okay, like don't. And then the relief, like, I just, that scene was like, that could have been the entire episode. (laughs) That was like, I was very satisfied with that part of it in a creepy way. And then, although I do think Carl would have been like, dad, like, just do it earlier. Because it takes him a long time to be like, just do it, just do it, dad, just do it. And I feel like he would have been like, just do it. Everyone else is going to die unless this happens. Do it. Yeah, Early perhaps
0: because the the because gr- he's
1: a brave kid.
0: Yeah, and and a little crazed himself in some cases, and we've seen him yeah. grow into a a, a a young man that can make hard decisions yeah. because of the yeah. life he's had. So yeah, I think it is a, a viable thing to say that he might have.
1: That was what was stressing me out about it. I was like, why isn't Carl saying anything? Because like I was trying to <laughs> honestly like. I was trying to put myself in Carl's situation, which I think every every kid does watching in quotation marks because technically I'm an adult. But it's like, obviously, I don't know what I would do. But if it's like up against seven lives and all of those lives are people who you've, like they're basically your family, mm-hmm. like your apocalypse family, <laughs> like you're going to be like, yeah, cut off my hand instead of killing all these people. Yeah. And I feel like Carl is much more equipped to make that kind of decision than I am, sitting here I'm in our s- carpeted basement surrounded by our geeky toys. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm starting to feel the, the dark humor of the of the thing, though, because it'd be like, really? I've already got just one eye? Now I'm going to have just one hand?
1: <laughs> yeah. <it's> like...
0: <laughs> and and then you could see him, like, uh, making jokes about my eye itches, but how do I... You know, it's... Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> my eye itches, I don't have a hand, I... <laughs>
0: Terrible. It's what like... a, what a terrible <laughs> thing for me to say.
1: It's like Toph from Avatar <laughs> The Last the Airbender, road, the road. but with just one eye gone and then one hand instead yeah. of both eyes. Like somebody's like, my hand fell asleep. And Carl's like, that's that must be so terrible for you. How is your eye feeling?
0: I was so happy that I had not yet watched any Supergirl this season because... Then the next day, I watched Supergirl, and it was all nice and it happy and smiley. And it was That's like, nice. Ah. I had to go
1: to class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch it until the next no,
1: I know. night because I'm I worked.
0: Kidding. But Monday evening, I sat down and watched the premiere of Supergirl, the season premiere of Supergirl, and uh, a yeah, substantially different tone. Yeah. between the, those two season premieres you could you could hard, hardly be further apart
1: yeah after my classes <laughs> on, on the monday i went and picked up my three packages which already getting mail is like just freeing your soul just takes a short like vacation and then i i sat in my room and i and i ate candy and i drank soda and i watched <laughs> sherlock
0: Oh, and yeah, that would get you out of the Walking Dead funk.
1: Yep. And my roommate, my roommate knew that I was super upset about it. And so I came home and I busted the door open with my three packages. And I said, guess who's going to sit in her bed for six hours, eating candy, <laughs> drinking soda, and watching Netflix. And she was like, you. And I was like, it's ya girl. Always salty. This Sunday at the Thunderdome. Ella versus Robert Kirkman. <laughs> Uh, no one oh, leaves the
0: octagon. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, no other episode in the history of the show is even close to, to that. breaking that. you as a person? In how... <laughs> I, yeah, the next day I was saying something about how gruesome it was and your mom was, who, for those in the audience, my wife uh, doesn't watch the show, so, you know, she just hears of it. So when I said something about it being really brutal and gruesome, and and she said, well, but it's Walking Dead, right? And I said, well, yeah, but this was just a whole other level. Like, lighting
1: a zombie on fire and then, like, beating it to death with a bat?
0: Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. Or, like, a hammer? Most of the gore is with the zombies, and since they're, you know, essentially just, you know, gruesome monsters, there's not the emotional mm-hmm. impact, uh, you know, there's the there's the visceral gore, but it doesn't have the same thing that when when you watch one of your beloved characters get killed in a very graphic fashion it's a whole other level and
1: yeah this episode you get halfway through and your soul is like should i just go
0: were there any other elements to the episode that you want to discuss i mean there really wasn't a whole lot that happened in the episode as far as
1: that's the other thing
0: because they milked
1: It's like, Rick takes a stressful road trip, the rest of them have a really stressful, like, campfire.
0: And, (laughs) worst camp ever.
1: (laughs) Here's something that I'm salty about. So, they had all, like, the reason they're out there in the first place is because they're trying to get Maggie to a doctor because their baby is presumably dying inside of her. But now, Glenn is dead. And now the baby's going to die. And now Maggie will have nothing.
0: It really was.
1: Because now her father, her sister, her husband, and her child (laughs) have all died.
0: Yeah, it's the zombie apocalypse. It's not going to be happy go lucky. But are you going to allow the show to have some hope that they can well, get through it or, like, or not? I don't know.
1: Maybe Glenn dies, but the baby's okay. Maybe and so they have this somehow. tiny half Asian baby that kind of like <laughs> kind of takes his place and they name it Glenn and they're like, Oh see, it's fine. It's just Glenn. and they're like walking around and they're <laughs> they're like, Maggie, I'll find you. Like, yeah. moving his mouth.
0: boy, oh boy, yeah. If, but if we, no,
1: it's like... If we now
0: have to watch her uh, miscarry or something, well, it's just going Well, there's no be... way...
1: What is she, like, three months along?
0: I can't remember.
1: She's... It's like, she's miscarried. There's no way that they can come back from this.
0: You wouldn't think so, the way they were setting it up. But that was another thing that was a little awkward about the episode, is because at the end of the previous episode it just seems so imminent that something's going horribly wrong. We've got to get her there. And then there's this diversion with Negan that just goes on and on and on and on. And she seems to just be... Maggie's,
1: like, feverish, shaking in the back of the RV. And they finally get there, and then for this entire episode, she was just, like, shaking and pale.
0: Yeah, but it just seemed like she was fine, uh, except for what was happening. But, I mean, it didn't... So now she and Sasha are traipsing uh, on foot through... Negan territory to try to get to the I don't yeah I don't
1: know. I mean, like, but theoretically, Negan won't hurt them anymore. Yeah, as because, long as they theoretically, yeah. they're allowed to be there now. Yeah,
0: because they're his. He owns them. He broke them. They're his.
1: Yeah, theoretically, they're on their own soil. Yeah, and they can take her. It's like, but my God, she's got to walk all the way to the hilltop. Like, like I don't see another end game but that, but her miscarrying.
0: It's going to be a rough season. They've put off a lot of people with the uh, premiere, and things are going to be very bleak for our characters. It'll be interesting to see if they are able to bring it back to something that's a little bit more satisfying for average viewing, or if it's just going to turn into such a completely bleak and depressing well, thing. It's, that...
1: it's the danger of being a show that makes its name on being on unpredictable about who it kills mm-hmm. you can only be so unpredictable without just making people upset
0: and now daryl is like this oh yeah c- continual hostage Daryl
1: getting thrown in the van and then like a wild animal
0: and and so negan is just keeping him as as uh further collateral against rick
1: the level to which Daryl constantly just looks like a feral dog <laughs> is amazing to me. Norman Reedus—I don't know what it is about his body language—but constantly, Daryl is just like this wild animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you get to the end of the episode, and they're like, and you're like, okay, like they just need to run, and then he's like, oh, and I like him, so I'm taking him with me, and then it's like, oh, oh. so now we have to run some sort of. Reconnaissance mission, to get Daryl back before we leave, or they just dip and leave Daryl there to a terrible death, like...
0: It's gonna be a brutal season.
1: Yep. That's all the time we have for this episode. Tune in next time for episode 40, Midnight Mac, with special guest New York Times best-selling author David Mac. No, really, we mean it this time. Discussing his forthcoming novel, The Midnight Front, his voluminous Star Trek work, and more. Plus, in my All the Squeeze segment, I'll tell you about Benedict Cumberbatch in Frankenstein.
0: Remember that Generation's Geek is a part of the Chronic Rift Network, which broadcasts from a castle in Geneva where the dead are reanimated, not zombies. Please give their other fine podcasts a listen at ChronicRift.com. Thanks for listening, and come Come back back next time. time. No geeks were harmed in the making of this podcast.
1: Ooh, shiny.